You know, somebody said, uh, do I start zinnia indoors or outdoors? When you're garden planning, do you ever have to take into account bugs and disease? Maybe we have less time. Maybe we have more time. Maybe you got a dog. You know how long I've been thinking that you always need to start them in those small cells? Oh, no, not at all. This entire... If any of our listeners are uh, psychotherapists, <laughs> you would like to chime in on that. We also talk about crop rotation a little bit. It doesn't make it any less illegal. <laughs> Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. Well, Colin, I've been very excited around the greenhouse lately because there is one thing that I see everybody buying. Do you know what that is? I've got a guess. <laughs> what? Would it be seeds? Exactly. Yeah. Do you think it's the natural timing of this time of year or do you think it has anything to do with our current weather in Calgary <laughs> or is it a little bit of both? I mean, I know in my garden, I'm starting to see the snow um, melting off of my raised planters and I'm like, I can see dirt. Yep. I, I go and touch the dirt and it's frozen, but still, it's oh, yeah, just it's, like, it's like right there. <laughs> it's not ready to plant, but okay, the other day I went outside, it was on the weekend and it was in the morning and I went out with Jimmy and I could smell that wet ground. Yes. Oh, like, I smelt the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it smells like spring. Yeah. It doesn't smell like cold. No. It smells like grass. Yeah, it sm- <laughs> exactly. It smells like earth. It smells yeah. like, and then I did a reality check and said, oh, it's February 18th. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it just makes sense. Yeah, this is this is false spring. Yeah, yes, like, that's so true. Yeah. And you know, and I think that that's exactly it. Is like we kind of get teased sometimes, especially in southern Alberta with our Chinooks. I'd be amazed if we didn't get more snow, however much that is, mm-hmm. uh, and the temperatures bottom out at yeah, least one more time. At least one more time. Yeah. But it's still exciting to at least think about what's coming. Well, that's it because that, uh, where I do my tomatoes every year because it's uh, tomatoes and peppers. And and because I plant them there, I, I can see the ground. Mm-hmm. I can see the and mm-hmm. I can see the lawn in front of it. And it like I haven't touched it, but I'm willing to bet it's yeah, it's probably still frozen a few inches down, but I bet you that top layer isn't frozen. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, I, I'm a, and I, I immediately pictured what I did last year. Yeah. Even though last year I did way too many tomatoes again. <laughs> and I kind of caught myself and I was like, Oh, okay, do you want to do more peppers this year? Mm-hmm. Or what did really good in that bed um, as well. And I put them there because I ran out of space because that's one of my resolutions is to stop when I'll say I'll stop instead of still jamming things in. Yeah. But I did some kohlrabi there. Yeah. They did amazing. Ah. And may I, I was still harvesting kohlrabi in uh, October. You think it's something you'll do again? Oh, I love kohlrabi. Yeah. They're one of my favorites. My sister loves them. They're, they're such a good veggie. But immediately I, I was like, yeah, pictured what I did last year. And then my brain immediately started going, well, well, <laughs> what about? And, and this is honestly the best time to be thinking that way. Because yep. I mean, if you can't get out there, at least you can think about the things that you will do once you get out there. So you can hit the round ground running. Exactly. And take that opportunity um, before you come in and get your seats. Yeah. If, if I hadn't caught myself, it would be real easy for me to just come in and, and I'm I'm willing to bet in my plant cupboard, in my seed box, I guarantee I've still got seeds from last year. Yes. So it would be really easy and tempting to be like, well, I will just do the same again. Was I happy with the results as in uh, the food that I harvested? Yeah, I was happy with that. Was my balance correct? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not enough peppers. Kohlrabi, nailed it. That was good. I, I'll redo that. But I had... Not enough peppers, way too many tomatoes, and not nearly enough spinach. Mm-hmm. 
So I need to find that balance. But at least you're learning from what you did last year. And I think yep. that's a really great place to start. And I think we had talked about it earlier this year on, on while it's still fresh in your brain to kind of write it down yep. and, and to look back and be like, okay, these are the lessons that I learned last year. These are the things that didn't really work with my lifestyle. And this is how I'm going to change that and amend that in this growing well, season. And and I that, I love that you brought up lifestyle. Yeah. I love because life's change. Yes. Maybe we have less time, maybe we have more time. Maybe you got a dog. Uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a dog. Who I, likes I, to dig. Yeah, I'm not getting another dog. But remember what I talked about uh, last year? Completely forgot that we had to have a big tree removed, and I put shade-loving plants. Oh, there no. There was no shade for them. Oh, no, complete change. Yeah, they did not do good. They were now fully exposed, full sun. Yeah. So I have to change that this year. But I missed that last year. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it I'm, I'm not even embarrassed to say that because, again, life happened where I could have spent 15 minutes. I am not necessarily going to go out there and look and go, oh, now I need to go full sun. And I'll be like, well, this is what I must plant. I don't care about that. I'll make that decision later. I just need to know what I'm facing. Mm -hmm. How many tomatoes did I plant last year? That was too many. If I cut that down by two and increase my peppers by Mm -hmm. two, I should hit my balance. Doesn't, I'm not saying I have to do this type of pepper or this type of tomato or whatnot. Like we were talking last week about being intentional with your garden design. Say you do have to switch to a full sun garden. Now's an opportunity to build a hate garden or build, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Or, or build something that's like a, like a love garden or something um, that kind of presents an energy if you're into that kind of thing. And, you know, there's an opportunity too to be like, oh, now I have to rethink something that I've been doing for a decade. Now it kind of gets exciting because yep. now you can rethink and your garden will look very different than I, how it did maybe, before. Maybe you'll get the, the chance. How many times do we hear people uh, say, well, uh, I'm very limited. I can only plant uh, full shade. Well, maybe you did lose that tree, which is sad. Nobody wants to lose a tree, but it does have to happen. Maybe now you have a whole new opportunity to rethink your garden. Mm-hmm. And maybe now you can grow those tomatoes. Well, and maybe if you think that you can't grow something, maybe if you look into it, maybe your mind will be opened up because maybe you've been growing in one kind of exposure all your life and now you don't know anything different. Oh, this, so I'm going to, I'm going to give a little shout out here too. This week, uh, I interviewed with the uh, Horticultural Society. Oh yeah, shout out. And uh, yeah, great group. Time went by like that. Kath and I had a great chat and we were talking about seeds. Nice. Somebody asked about, um, Working with pelleted seeds. I have never done that. Oh. So it's just, it's a seed enclosed in a pellet, almost like a coated grass seed. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the closest I've come to it. But Kath had worked with them, so she answered the question. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions, and I immediately thought of you and thought of our webinars and everything. (laughs) Somebody asked, how big of a container do I need to grow a sunflower? Oh, and you're like, I've done that. And I I said, oh, you can do it in a two gallon. And then Kath has done it before. Now she grew the smaller uh, Mm -hmm. variety. And I think she said she grew five or six that only got to about five foot in a five gallon container. Wow. But we we were both. it's, It's possible. Yeah, we were both laughing about it. And that person was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And so (laughs) I know at least one person from that show we did are going to try something new. Yes. And they were already planning their garden. They were already asking, hey, can I do something new? Can I try this? 
It was really fun sitting in on that and 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 listening to people talk about planting their gardens, both food and flowers. Yeah. When I talk seeds, I naturally uh, digress to food. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably because I get asked more questions on how to start food seeds than I do on flower seeds. Well, and I think also uh, a lot of the time we buy a lot of pre-grown flowers or we have our perennials and we love our perennials. And so a lot of the time when we're thinking about the short growing season that we have, it's like, oh, like it just seems natural to grow a lot of those fruits and vegetables that you're going to be harvesting for consumption. You know, somebody said, uh, do I start zinnia indoors or outdoors? Yeah. And Kath and I were both like, either. Zinnias are hardy. Yeah. Their follow-up was, well, what's the advantage? The advantage is if you start them indoors, you'll get your flowers faster. Mm-hmm. If you start them outdoors, you've got to wait for them to grow, but they're relatively cold hardy, so you can start them early. And a lot of times, some of them will be anywhere from 30 to 60 days before you see your first blooms. That's not that long. No. You know, so it was very interesting getting uh purely focused on flowers. And then some people, like one person said, I don't have much luck germinating leeks. So yeah. we really got both, but it was a lot of fun. And and these people were planning their gardens and I really liked that aspect of it. I love that. And they're inspiring each other. Yep. Yeah, like you said, taking that 15 to 20 minutes and just kind of assessing what you have, what you've done in the past, what other people are doing. It can really set you up for a good season of growing ahead. Absolutely. And when we are moving forward and looking at the whole how much are you growing comes up a lot. And that is, of course, a review of, like you said, your tomatoes last year. But then you're thinking, you know, what am I going to start inside? How much space do I need for that? Um, Am I going to need to buy some pre-grown plants because of my lifestyle? I can't take a lot of that that seedling um, care and attention that they require. If your favorite tomato is a Roma tomato, Mm -hmm. okay, it's a great tomato. I have no problem with the Roma. You can do sauces, salads, sandwiches, whatever. It's a good tomato. Do you really, do you even need to grow them? You'll find them at farmer's markets. Yeah. You'll find them at, at superstores. It's it's not a hard tomato to find. So do you want to give up uh, the space and the time, mm-hmm. even from pre-grown, to grow it? Or do you want to find that heirloom variety that you won't find even at farmer's markets? Or um, do you want to have a specific sauce so you only want San Marzano? Peppers. Uh, Yeah, you might find some Carolina Reapers uh, and you might find jalapenos, but then you start getting into ghost peppers and scorpion peppers and different bell peppers. There's one called the walking cane pepper and it's long and spindly. You know, if you really like San Marzano tomatoes and bell peppers, is it worth your time doing the bell peppers? Mm -hmm. Buy them pre-grown, buy a pre-grown plant or just buy the bell peppers as, as your groceries and grow your San Marzano because oh. they're harder to find. Oh, that makes it even yep. more exciting because then you're growing things that you're like, I don't know how this is going to look or taste. I like to do it uh, especially for show and tell because they grow fast uh, and you get a good harvest off them. But really, cherry tomatoes, mm-hmm. I mean, cherry tomatoes you can buy everywhere. And there's uh, there's cherry and there's grape and there's all these different types do you really need to give up all of that time to grow a cherry tomato when you can buy them and they're not that expensive? Or you can live next door to me and I'll give you a pound of them every other week. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. You need to think about uh, what you want to eat and what is readily available. Like my family, we don't eat a lot of potatoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not that we don't like potatoes. They're just, we don't, we don't have them a lot in, uh, in our diet. Um, as a result, I've really never grown a potato. I grew potatoes with my dad, but I have never in my own garden started and grown a potato 
because quite frankly, there's more. I, I enjoy beets and peas and tomatoes and peppers and kohlrabi. So why am I going to give up the space for potatoes that I, they don't really do anything for mm-hmm. me? Yeah. And, and that's what I think people need to look at is variety and choice and availability in, in mainstream things. And I think we talked a lot about this in one of our first ever episodes of the Helpful Gardeners podcast. If you go way, way back to our seed starting podcast of like, is it for you? And also um, ways yep. to approach seed starting. We do talk a lot about that and about the the kinds of choices that you need to make when you are starting your seeds. And, and I think one of the things that you said that really spoke to me in that episode was if you're doing seed starting or if you are buying pre-planted plants or if you're buying food from the grocery store, it doesn't make you any less of a gardener. No. Because it's a very personal journey. Remember a few years ago when uh, I tested out Ramo on my tomato plants, how many ridiculous tomatoes I grew? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So last year, uh, I cut back my tomato plants and I'm not going to lie that that was part of me that was almost like um not embarrassed but almost kind of like oh you didn't grow as many as you grew the year before you're not very good oh. didn't matter that i had pounds of kohlrabi and uh kale and cherry tomatoes and everything else it literally doesn't change anything but i felt like i was in competition with myself yeah that nobody else gave a damn about, yeah. but I'm like, oh, I must grow. If I grew 150 pounds last year, I can do 170 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I have photos and uh, I'd go out and harvest and I'd come in and I would have um, peppers and uh, broccolis and kohlrabi and pe- uh, tomatoes uh, and cherry tomatoes and kale. So I had a, a, a bigger bounty of variety I just didn't have the same huge quantity mm-hmm. of tomatoes, but part of me kind of missed that for some bizarre reason that if if any of our listeners are uh, psychotherapists, if you would <laughs> like to chime in on that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Next guest is. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. You know, when you're when you're garden planning, do you ever have to take into account bugs and disease? I think the the number one thing uh there is space. Mm -hmm. And I know you're bad for this. I'm just going to throw you under the bus. Yes, please do. Uh, (laughs) You get excited and uh, you start your seeds and you do uh, 12 tomatoes. Yeah. But you only have room for six. Uh Uh-huh. And you're not going to kill six. And maybe you weren't able to give them all away. And instead of just throwing them out, you will say, well, I know I can fit six. I'm pretty sure I could squeeze 12 (laughs) in. I could squeeze 12 in. And what ends up happening is now the plants are so densely packed. Now, they're going to do fine because they all need uh, the same type of watering and fertilizing. So you're not really going to deny any of them any of that. But you've also created a breeding ground. Now no wind can get through. Now you've made it very susceptible to powdery mildews. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've given aphids great cover because it's harder for the birds to get in uh, and pick them off. It's even harder for you to use a a spray, even even one as simple as an insecticidal soap, because they have so many hiding places. So planning to make sure that you do have good airflow. I mean, they're there anyway, but are you making it perfect for them? Or are you making it hard for mm-hmm. them? Like I said, I put kohlrabi where I shouldn't, but I didn't overplant them. Mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, this might be a little too hot. And it was like, I'd, <laughs> I'd come home and the kohlrabi were in full wilt. They're like, <laughs> little hot over here, man. <laughs> I'd be like, no problem, guys, I'm on it. And I'd be drowning them with yeah, water. Yeah. I get it. When I plant and I step back, 
I really, really have to call on all of my experiences to go, I know how that will look in 45 days. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. right now it looks like I could fit four more plants in there. Oh, it's hard to do that because you're like, (laughs) you you, you finished your planting, right? And you're like, okay, I plan for this because I know in the future it'll get really it'll get out of hand but then you're looking at it you're like what did I even do today like there's so much space it feels like a waste so the difference for me is I I I I break every one of those rules that (laughs) I just mentioned when it comes to my flowers especially in pots wow Jenny's even said before she a couple of years ago she was like oh we have too many flowers and I was looking and I was like (laughs) you're like what I don't think we have enough (laughs) and I will jam them in. I Now, I don't recommend... This is very much an example of do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but I'm going to bring it up anyway. I will literally uh, pull chunks of my root systems off oh my or squish them in my hand to force in one more annual. Now, sometimes that annual dies. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't yeah. do as you say. Other times it comes back. Yeah. Okay, because there's enough root system and I'm watering it and I'm fertilizing it and I do baby my flowers. But when that basket grows in, oh man, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It lo- It brings me so much happiness where... You can barely see the pot because things are spilling down and there's flowers standing up and you just have, you can't even see the ground. Mm-hmm. You can't even see the, the, the soil in the, plant, in the planter because of the flowers. So I 100% break my own rules with flowers. So with veggies, I'm like, oh, that needs to be uh, four feet apart though. Yours is only uh, three and a half feet. Yeah. Come on. And then with flowers, I'm like, did you tear off a chunk of your roots? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I think that's, you remember when we were talking about garden crimes? Yeah. <laughs> Where was that? Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to say it's a victimless crime, but I literally just said sometimes they die. <laughs> I guess that's the opposite of victimless. Um, oh my goodness. It is, and, and that's the thing. It is a crime. It really is. But I, I'm willing to take the risk because I love the result. Yeah. And I've, the thing is as well, I've done it. So the first time I did it, oh, I, I still remember. It was back in Montreal. It was years ago, years and years ago. Uh, and, I had, and obviously I was doing it for myself, not a client. And I had some flowers uh, and I was doing a basket. I, I can't remember what. I, I laid them out and it was, it was really nice. I had some left. So I started jamming them in and I, I was left with like two or three. So either way, they had nowhere to go. So I was like, eh. And I still remember doing it. And you ever seen when somebody has to do an illegal U-turn? Yep. And they do it really slowly? <laughs> You're not helping. Like, it doesn't make it any less illegal. <laughs> like, I would say do it quick, and that way hopefully fewer people notice. Yeah. But it was the same thing. I knew what I was going to do. I had full intention of what I was going to do, and I have never planted a plant so oh slow. Oh, my god! I'm squishing it, and I'm pulling little <laughs> bits of root off, but it lived. And then I was like, oh. And that started me down that path, mm-hmm. and I've tried it, and sometimes it's failed, but I would say I'm probably 80% success. Okay. I mean, honestly, and that's another thing. Is that like a goal that you want to make for yourself yep. this year? You want to try to jam pack a pot and see what and happens? Exactly. And that's what I say. Like, I'm not saying you have um, 12 zinnias and you have a pot that will easily hold 12 zinnias. Don't start ripping pieces of the roots off. 
But if you have a pot that holds 12 zinnias perfectly and you've done all of your planting and you turn to do that pot and it's the last thing and you have 14 zinnias, well, you got a couple you can try with. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. a little bit of experimentation. And that's actually a great opportunity to talk more about pots because maybe last year you were sitting in your garden, you were spending a bit more time in your garden. You're like, I wish that there were more flowers. So maybe now's the time to start looking at how many more pots do you want? Do you want to utilize more space? Maybe you look at hanging baskets. Yep. I'm glad you brought that up because how often do we say think three-dimensional? Yeah. Think three-dimensional. Use all of the space around you. Oftentimes, uh, a tomato uh, needs a very large pot or whatever. But you can do uh, a really nice flower basket in a a 10-inch pot, a 12-inch pot. If you're growing them from seed, you can start them in that pot. Just inside? Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, you bring that pot uh, in, you you put your soil in it, and then you put the seeds directly in. And then there's no transplant shock. Yeah. Uh, You water them in that. Then you can start putting them outside. Then it's like, oh, there might be a frost tonight. You bring the whole pot in. So you're hardening them off quicker as well. And then you put your zinnias out. Yeah. This is so smart because you know how long I've been thinking that you always need to start them in those small cells? Oh, no, not at all. This entire time I was like, oh, no, you have to start them in the small cells because like they have to go kind of like, you know, like a house plant. Yep. Like you're worried about that root shock thing, but no, you just plant them in the thing because that's what you'd be doing outside anyway. So the, yeah. And, and uh, the, okay. So the reason, one of the reasons for the root shock is because that is what the plant has gotten used to. Yeah. If that was the case, if you direct sowed in the ground, it would get root shock. Yeah, that's right. But where the roots start, they, they build their foundation accordingly. So now if they're in a pot uh, and they're nice and tight, and a lot of house plants want a tight root system anyway. But they have a tight root system, and then you put it in something that won't allow it to maintain that, the root system sags, and that's where the shock comes Mm -hmm. in. It's like the foundation of a house cracking. But if that root system has just been allowed to spread and grow wherever it wants, it won't shock. Have you ever, like, so, so, okay, so say you were building, like, an annual flower planter. Have you ever planted it from seed and just popped all the seeds in and then just watched it grow, kind of like those chia pets? <laughs> like, like, wouldn't that be an interesting way yeah. to do annual planters? Well, you just I, plant them all without. So I, I, I have, uh, I've never, I've never seen it, but I have heard of uh, people where they take one of those ten by twenty seed trays. Yeah. Okay. Instead of putting an insert, they fill the whole thing with soil. Okay. And then they just plant the seeds in it, just kind of like you said, and then they just go outside and transplant the whole tray. Into oh the ground. my gosh. Yeah. And then they just let it go from there. Are you kidding me? And again, so the other reason it works better with flowers is uh, say you're doing uh, marigolds. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of marigolds, they max out at six to eight inches in height. Yeah. So they don't need that much root space. But some of your tomatoes are going to get eight foot tall. Yeah. So you can't have them that close together, but right. the marigolds, you can't. So you absolutely, say you wanted uh, marigolds all down uh, your driveway and the bed uh, on the driveway was a foot wide. Well, a planting tray is 10 inches wide. You could do two rows of marigolds in it and then just drop the whole tray in. And then the roots would go down because they're not going to go out because now they have better soil to go down into. And you just mass plant them in their roots. <gasps> and they're already laid out. Yeah, that's... Well, if you needed one more idea on yeah. what to do this year for your garden, I think that's for me. So here's the other one as well. A lot of us uh, very easily can put a hook in the ceiling or we have curtain rods. Yeah. So start your hanging baskets inside <gasps> as well. So smart. Or 
a lot, like you said, you and Brad had those wire trays, yeah. uh, the wire table, yeah. hang your hanging baskets on the side. Oh, that's so or smart. Or store them as a regular pot, put the hooks on them, and then hang them up outside. Yeah. But you can start multiple flowers in one pot yep. instead of then transplanting them all one at a time, and you've cut down all of your work and you're maintaining all of the pots at the same time. Dude, that's so cool. Okay. Yeah, that's my that's my flower hack of the day. Can we also talk about crop rotation a little bit? Is it feasible? <sighs> Every plant requires something different for the most part. We all know that they all require, you know, MPK and water and whatnot. But when you start getting into uh, micronutrients or how much uh, nitrogen they need, how much phosphorus or potassium, that's why go look at the fertilizers and depending on whether you're doing trees or annuals or... Uh, whatever, they've all got a different MPK count. So if every year you put your tomatoes in the same bed, that soil that's in there is naturally going to be depleted of what a tomato needs. The tomato is going to drag the most of the stuff it needs out of it. So by doing a crop rotation, you're kind of leveling out your soil. You're not just heavily depleting it. I have difficult, I can grow my tomatoes elsewhere. Absolutely, I've done it but they don't grow as well. So why would I move them from the best area in the garden for tomatoes? Mm -hmm. So I just really make sure that I really amend my soil. I put all of the good stuff. I replenish it as fully as I can. Uh, Lots of organic, uh, good material in that soil. And then I fertilize accordingly Mm -hmm. because it's... It's not feasible. I would mm-hmm. love to do. I would love to have the room to do it, but I just don't have yeah. that the way my the way my setup is. Yeah. So if you had like a like a homestead or something, yep. then that could be an Absolutely. option for you. Yep. But if you just have like a little city backyard, the other good thing uh, about crop rotation as well to go back to your other point, bugs and disease. Yeah. You get powdery mildew, and then every year you're planting them in the same place. It's going to be real hard to get on that. But if you rotate them out and you put something in there that's more resistant to it, you can start breaking a cycle. Mm-hmm. So it is a good idea to move your crops, but it's just not always feasible. Some people only have one area that gets sun or one area that gets shade. And they're like, well, I, I really cannot move my plants. I don't have time, water five times a day or whatever. So we don't really have that flexibility. But if you can do it, yeah, I heavily recommend it. Well, this week's hypothetical question, what's your hypothetical question, Colin? And you said, what's your companion plant? Let's lay down the ground rules first. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know, I think we talked a little bit about it on what a companion plant is, but essentially it is a plant that benefits another plant. So you were talking about peas and sunflowers. So a sunflower provides a natural structure for the pea to climb. So you don't need netting. Exactly. Another example would be... Onions... Uh, next to cauliflowers. So cauliflowers can be susceptible to root maggot. Ah. Onions uh, leach sulfur out. Uh, The maggots don't like that, so they stay away from your cauliflowers. Love it. So yeah, yeah, so exactly. So it's that one benefiting the other. So what would be your companion plant, Colin? Remember in Sleeping Beauty, the big thorny uh, hedge that surrounded the castle (laughs) that nobody could get through? That'd be some days I would want that. (laughs) And then there'd be other days where I would want lots of clover so all the bunny rabbits would come and hang out with me. Okay, so it's like a social type thing. Exactly. For you. There's some days where I'm just like, ugh, I just I want some peace and quiet. Yeah. And then there's other days where I'm like, nope, I, I, I want some I want some <laughs> companions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so mine would change. If I could only pick one, I'm gonna go with clover because I love watching bees and butterflies and I love bunnies. 
<laughs> and it brings all of them in. Plus, it's a nitrate fixer. Uh, plus, it puts out a lot of flowers. Yeah. Uh, plus, the uh, little clover shoots, thanks to Connor, we found this out, are edible. Yep. So there's all kinds of things. So I'm going to go with clover. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. I think, um, you know, I could have gone practical. You know, could have said spinach because of iron. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm iron deficient. Like, yeah. it could have been totally something practical. But I went with um, not something found in the garden. Oh. I actually went with a houseplant. I went with a bonsai. Oh, I like that. I didn't even think a houseplant. <laughs> Can I change my thoughts? No. Too late. No takes backsies. Um, no, I thought of a bonsai because a bonsai almost forces you to practice patience and to p- slowing down. I- <laughs> Your answer's better than my, I'm mad now. <laughs> I didn't think a houseplant. <laughs> I mean, like, wouldn't that be, I mean, it would be frustrating at times, yep. but it's just like, no, because if you force anything with a bonsai and you're not careful with it and you don't do it properly, then it just dies. Yep. Like, I can't tell you how many bonsai we've had because Brad wants one so bad. He's seen way too many YouTube videos with bonsai in them that he's just like, I want it so bad. But I mean, you have to be so careful about the light and the watering and- they're so delicate and I feel like that would be the best way to encourage me to slow down and to um, just more care. Can I put a big go away hedger on my little clover patch? (laughs) Oh, Oh, there we go. Does my clover patch get a companion? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Thorny shrub. Like, what? I'll cut little little holes in the bottom of the thorns for the bunny rabbits to go (laughs) My fortress. (laughs) Only select bunnies. Exactly. And I hope that you'll join us for our Seed Starting March mini-series. It's going to be full of information, a lot of laughs, a lot of tips. If you have any ideas or anything that you would like to hear specifically about, feel free to reach out to us. Um, We are on uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook. You can reach out on our email, info at goldenacre.ca. Just be sure to put like podcast or something in the subject line and then we'll see it. Um, If you're on Spotify, make sure to check out our uh, questions and polls. We'd love to hear from you in that capacity. And you can also leave us an anonymous voicemail. So if you want to get a little brave and we can feature you on the show, that'd be really fun. We'd love to start doing that. And next week, I think we're going to start it off I don't know. What should we start off with? There's so many different varieties. There's so many different ways that we could do this. I, 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 I guess you'll find out next week, right? Whatever you hit me with, I'm in. <laughs> I love it. We'll talk to you next weekend. Bye, everyone. <laughs>